really sloppy first half. Uh, felt like I was in an extra innings baseball game because it went forever and um, we weren't scoring points. That's for certain. Uh, got a long way to go to get where we need to go, but I want to be positive about uh, the second half and uh, what the guys were able to do, get a little energy, juice. I thought uh, we were very stagnant and just undisciplined penalties and Every time we had something going, we'd shoot ourselves in the foot. It was either a 15-yard penalty, 10-yard penalty, or a turnover. And you can't win football games um, doing those things. So uh, I am proud of the way they were resilient second half. I thought our special teams uh, played really well. Um, give a lot of credit to Arkansas's defense. They gave us uh, some problems. But we, we've, got to, we've got to improve and get better. Is guys, we can't hold people, we can't line up in the backfield, we can't jump off sides, uh, we can't turn the ball over. So, a lot of that doesn't have to do with the quarterback position, and I know that's the one that everybody wants to talk about, and I, I respect that. But I'm also smart enough and wise enough to know that that's not all all the, the, the malfunctions we have, we're not just on the quarterback. All right, so we've got the old Georgia boys here over at Stevie Starn's house watching the Georgia-Arkansas game, which was a treat for everyone, I'm sure. Any thoughts on the game quickly? Because the game was pretty terrible. Well, yeah, it, it, was, it was really rough because as the Starns, well, my last name is Starn, so. <laughs> it started out great already. Yeah. Let me tell you about my family tree. My last name. (laughs) One, two, testing one, two. I know this is supposed to be the Starnes residence, but. Per my previous question, does anybody have any quick thoughts on the Arkansas game? We freaking (laughs) won. Yes. And as a Starnes, because I think I am one. No, we have never won at my house. Shannon uh, brought that to my attention. I was wondering how the whole as a Starnes <laughs> thing was going to circle back around now. Yeah, be- because as Shannon liked to point it out, Steve, do you realize we have never won in a true meaningful game at your house? 
And we've been here for 13 years. Yes. We have always lost here. Who, whose idea was this? A terrible idea. The first half, I was like, Trish, there's no way we don't lose. Yeah, what, but, was it 10 to 5 a half? Yes, it was. And I was like, yeah. Burn it down. Oh, it was. Yeah, it's Jen Mays from the Peanut Gallery. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the game? As a Starns, I was just happy that we scored more than two points. Well, we scored offensive points in the first half. So that was a that was a success. It was a bonus. Which was a springboard to, to a good second half. Right, right. No, we started off slow. The second half was great. And, yes, I would have burned the house down if we'd have lost. Yes. We would have taken a flamethrower to this place. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get our podcasting legs under us, I think. Yes, yeah. we're kind of like Georgia starting out in the first half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because all the audience has been clamoring for us to come back. There's been a lot of clamoring for the old Georgia boys to come back. Is Stetson Bennett the starting quarterback the rest of the year? I think he's definitely the starting quarterback for Auburn. And he deserved it. He just looked so much more poised. And every time he took a snap, he wasn't, didn't look like he was going to freak out. He's like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'll hit that guy. I'll hit that guy. He just seemed pretty calm. The mailman looked great. Like He looked more like what I expected Dwan to look like than Dwan looked like. Yeah. Yeah, Dwan was not impressive in his debut, unfortunately. I think he's a great athlete, but he didn't seem very elusive to me. Or confident. Lots of rookie yeah. mistakes, for sure. Yeah, which you expect rookie mistakes, but if he's the mobile quarterback that we all need, he just didn't seem that mobile. He definitely didn't take any hits. He ran out of bounds in the wrong time. and uh, That was a rough debut for him, but. I think he'll come back. He's he's a good athlete. But if Stetson keeps a job the whole year, then that's because he's earned it and we've played well, so I'm all right with it. I mean, JT Daniels, he obviously was not cleared to play, right? Right. We guess. So, if he was cleared to play, would he be the quarterback for UGA? Who knows? If he was not cleared to play, why did they fly him to Arkansas and put him in a uniform? I thought that was a little odd. I agree with that. Good question, Cause, Wes. Because you only have so many people that can travel, right? And I'm sure that number's cut down because of COVID. A small amount of people that can make the trip, you're going to make him one of them, dress him out, and yet he can't even play? I would think he'd stay at home and watch on TV like we did. He transferred in, and the narrative was he was doing so good, Jamie Newman wasn't convinced he could play or could start and opted out. So if JT Daniels is not that good, why did Jamie Newman leave? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The whole thing is a little confusing. So, Chad, tell us about Sally. (laughs) We'd like to know about Sally, Chad. (laughs) Sally is from Cali. She's going back to Cali? We met at a uh, high school reunion. The rest is kind of history. We've talked ever since, every day since then. Uh, she's great. She's funny. She's energetic. Is she your girlfriend? I think a little crazy. And yes, my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> so after game one, what do we feel like in a 10-game SEC schedule? Let's, What's our let's predictions? Let's head on. Carrie, what say you? Hmm. Tough question. But uh, after seeing us today, I still think our defense is elite. 
one of the best in the nation, no doubt. So we'll be in every game. And if you got a game manager like Stetson Bennett, but he's actually kind of a slinger. He runs around and slings it a lot. So I kind of like it. If we go, if we went ten and zero, I would not be surprised. I think we'll probably go nine and one. We'll either lose to Bama or hopefully not Florida, but possibly Florida. So nine and one would be my prediction. But if we went ten and zero or eight and two, I'd be pretty surprised if we went seven and three. So, but yeah, I'll stick with nine and one. Fair enough, Shannon. I'm usually very, very optimistic, but after today, I'm not as optimistic. So, I'm going to say eight and two. Eight and two. Mm-hmm. And this is from the guy when we lost three games going into tech. That doesn't mean we can't still win the national championships, dude. <laughs> of course. I'll Shit, figure a way, out, a way for us to do wow. that. Wow. Yeah. I love it. But I just feel like it is going to be really hard for us to go undefeated. But even we wouldn't win a game against a good team the way we played the first half today. Because, I mean, we were losing, what, what was 10 to 5. 10 to 5 at halftime. But if we were playing Florida or Alabama, we probably would have been losing 21 to 5. Mm-hmm. Some, something worse. So I just feel like our quarterback play has has to be a lot better. And I just don't know if we've got the, the talent or hadn't seen it yet. I mean, Seth's been minutes solid, but we got to be more dynamic. If you watched, uh, If you watched Florida today, I mean, their offense was dynamic, mm-hmm. and their defense is good, not as good as ours. So I agree, we'll be in every game, but we, we, we've got the potential to lose some close games because we don't have that dynamic quarterback play. So what's your prediction? Eight and two. Gotcha. I'm in agreement with Carrie and Shannon, eight and two. Um, the offense, I think, is going to be the Achilles heel until we have a quarterback that stands up and, and um, steps up, just like Jake Fromm did when uh, um, Eason. Eason went down. He stepped up, and no one ever, no one ever questioned him after that game of what he could do. So if Bennett's that guy, then he needs to step up and do the same thing. Just own own the offense. Just for the record, I questioned Jake Fromm quite often last year. Yes. You did. And rightfully so. Although I think, today I think he was sitting at home going, how do you like me now, Georgia fans? <laughs> <laughs> good point. I think we're going to – I think our defense is good enough and we're going to find something or we're going to beat everybody but Bama. I think we're going 9-1 and one, we're meeting them again in the – SEC championship game. At that point, I think we'll have figured something out at quarterback, and we have a legit chance to beat them in the SEC championship game. So I'm going nine and one with a chance to get in the playoffs. I like it. And just us talking here, that, that it kind of makes me feel almost better about Stetson Bennett actually because he's better than Jake Fromm was as a freshman. So him coming in, you know, Fromm came in and led us to the Rose Bowl win. So maybe Bennett can do that too, just being the kind of the manager of the team. How is there any sense of satisfaction that just this kid from South Georgia got to come in and rally his team from behind to a victory? 
I wouldn't say satisfaction because I'm disappointed in our performance. You know what I mean? Like I'm proud and happy for Stetson. I wouldn't take that moment away from him. Uh, no way, no, no way in the world. Cause he did a great job and he rallied the guys around him. And I think they saw uh, his competitive spirit, you know, some of those scrambles and the two point play. And, and that's, that's the juice we needed. He gave us the, the juice we needed. And, um, He's a, he's a, he's, he's a great competitor. You know, I spent a whole year with him on the scout team, the one year he was here and you got to see the guy, uh, very composed, very, very good poised. And the coffers of questions, but I don't know what the hell that means. Coffers. Should the Pac-12 even have a shot in all seriousness? Should they have even a shot at a national championship run? That's a long way off with, COVID cancellations and stuff. I think Oregon could totally run the table and be seven and zero. It would piss me off if they got in over a ten and one Georgia team. Okay, Wes. Mm. If Wes, that happened, that would be don't anarchy. politicize. Stop politicizing a global pandemic. Okay, when it relates to football, <laughs> I'm shoving how, it right how, in your spit. How did he do that? I don't. Know. I don't. Know. I just. One thing I was thinking the other day was about the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It's such a parallel to, like, government when you have just absolute morons who are in charge. Yes. And make stupid, horrible decisions that affect, you know, thousands of people. and Millions. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, sorry, yeah, we did make a mistake. Uh, We read Facebook where they said it would hurt people's hearts, so... We're going to cancel the season, blah, 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 blah. And they canceled it too soon when all the other conferences are saying, just wait. We don't know anything yet. Wait as long as possible. That just makes sense. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to go ahead and cancel now. We don't know anything. It's just a, just morons. I thought it was a brilliant move by Sankey. You knew when students came back there was going to be a, an uptick in COVID cases. He was like, oh, let's push it back a month after that and see what happens with it. Genius. And it turned out great so far. I also, I know it's a COVID-related year, but I sort of love the all-SEC schedule. Every game is important. Absolutely. There's no cupcakes thrown in there. It's a really hard schedule, but yes. I sort of like it. Yeah, it's awesome because every even every game that's on TV, like the games are on right now. If we weren't doing this stupid podcast, we could be watching some awesome football. <laughs> we got our predictions in. Talked about the first game, COVID. Right. So next week we had an Auburn, right? Chad's girlfriend. Well, here's the craziest thing: the fact that you would say At I'm home, a Starns. I'm a Starns. See, <laughs> who here is a Starns? I love you, Chad Bridwell, Starnes. Okay? interesting to hear everyone else's perspectives especially Jamie and Crystal because 
when I first met Carrie, I thought he was going to be like a face painter and all that stuff. So I wondered what y'all thought when you first met your dog fans. The funniest thing that happened when we were first dating was the first time I ever tailgated with you guys at the SEC championship game. Oh, yeah. And I was... I told Dawn that uh, Shannon had offered to be the designated driver. Yes. And she laughed yes. in my face. <laughs> That's funny. Was that the game he slept through the last second half? That right. And okay. then he passed yeah. out. Different game? No, same one. That was a, that was Shannon same one. Yeah. Driver. We carried him into the stadium, and then yeah. So that was. It was very funny. It was pretty funny. funny. She was indoctrinated that night. Yes. Yeah. That was a, a very interesting first game. Yes. What did you think, Crystal? That, that leads me into when I first met Wes. I asked him if he was gay. <laughs> oh. His answer was, I don't think so. I don't think so? <laughs> so now, you know, nine, now? nine years later, so. and we're married, I guess I don't think so. <laughs> And what did Adam think about you, Jen? You're not quite as fanatical as them. However, what did he think about, like, marrying into the whole sports thing? I I think he went into it a little apprehensively because he would rather sit on the couch and watch a football game, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, but have been swayed that way a little bit more lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Romantic lady. Single baby, mm, sophisticated mama. Come on, you disco lady. Yeah, stay with me tonight, mama. Yeah. I'm going seven and three. That's what I would say. I would say eight and two. That's good. That's what I'd say too. I think we'll lose two. Eight and two. Oh, I'm definitely seven and three. Well, considering that Wes has done about 10 hours a day on the dog vent, and I know that we have gotten some really good recruits, and some have left, but some have stayed, I'm not really sure, but the statistics say that we're going to be okay. That is a very safe prediction. That is my prediction. And as somebody said, it is 2020. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I'm still saying seven and three. Dawn and I just finished binge watching the excellent show Parks and Recreation. So I've been a little obsessed with it lately. So here's a little homage. The whole point of this country is if you want to eat garbage, balloon up to 600 pounds, and die of a heart attack at 43, you can. You are free to do so. To me, that's beautiful. Welcome to the Athens Public Radio Station, WOGB. Support for public radio comes from the Jesse James Jeems Clifford the Big Red Dog Soul Coal Foundation, 
and also the Samson Hooters nonprofit organization, which manufactures sunscreen for owls so they can come out during the daytime. And now your host on Athens Public Radio, Eduardo Carocchio. Hello, WOGB listeners. I'm Eduardo Carocchio, filling in for Timothy Branscombe, who left on a one-year sabbatical to study at the Gus Malzahn School for Offensive Wizardry and has not been heard from since. This is the public radio forum entitled Thoughts for Your Thoughts, and we have in the studio today Dusky Luscious, who is the president of the influential organization HA, which is a clever acronym for home gating as an acceptable alternative. Home gating, for listeners who might not know, is when college football fans stay home to watch their favorite football team in the comfort of their own living room, basement, or bedroom instead of traveling to a stadium to watch them play in person. Dusky, could one say that a tailgate is nothing more than alcohol poured on the tapestry of the greatest film ever sculpted? One could say that, but should one? Dusky, please explain to our dedicated listening audience why home gating should be considered an acceptable alternative to traditional tailgating. Eduardo, those of us at HA believe that tailgating, while fun once or twice a year, is just too exhausting to do every week for the entire duration of the football season. When you go to traditional tailgate, you have to deal with waking up at the crack of dawn, setting up the tailgate in the freezing cold, waiting for Steve to get the satellite to work, watching eight hours of meaningless football games outside under a tent in the cold, watching people get drunk, pass out, rally, get drunk again, and then abuse all of their friends when their team loses. And then after the game, using a porta potty in the dark. I mean, have you ever tried to navigate a porta potty in the dark? Scavenging the leftovers for the few remaining sausage balls, packing up the tailgate in the cold at 1.30 in the morning, sitting in two and a half hours of post-game traffic, getting home at 4 a.m. when you just left the previous morning at 6 a.m. A compelling argument, Dusky. Maybe for this pandemic year, home gating is the way to go. Dusky, would you like to introduce our next segment? Uh, okay, sure. Um, now on Athens Public Radio, WOGB, it's time for a new segment called Grunge plus Grunge equals Grunge. Today we have a recording of Nirvana played over a separate recording of Alice in Chains. There's an old saying in show business, the show must go wrong. Everything always goes wrong, and you just have to deal with it. 
SEC game between the hedges between top 10 old rivals, the Auburn Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs. Side the one yard line on the second and goal. Robin, two red zone takeaways last week. Out of the eye formation, a play that went a thousand times in Georgia, and it's Zeus finding the end zone, and Georgia jumps on top. Cook motions out, third and nine. They look that direction, they throw the ball up in the air. again behind the big man 600 pounds of lead blocker white says let's do this all night this is fun second touchdown for zeus and georgia has blown this one wide open and georgia continues to dominate Auburn had the lead in this series until 2014, and the dogs have wrestled the array. They are in control. First, I want to thank our fans. Uh, it sure felt like more than, I don't know what the total number was, but felt like of a, a, a lot of fans out there, and I thought the, the crowd noise was helpful. Um, the temperature was certainly helpful. I know that was much cooler uh, than last week. The atmosphere was uh, a lot better. So um, I know our players enjoy that. Um, top 10 matchup and an opportunity to get better. Thought we showed improvement. Um, we left a lot of plays out there. Uh, I thought we played really hard defensively, but sloppy on third down. Uh, I thought offensively, when we play clean, meaning we don't have a busted assignment, a penalty, or somebody doesn't know what they're doing, we do well. But uh, we can go backwards as quick as we can go forwards offensively, and we probably left more out there. Uh, I thought it hurt both defenses not having the um, signal caller leader in the back end uh, with um, them losing uh, Smoke and us losing Richard. Uh, it affected both of us, but I did think we played really physical tonight. Um, and I think when you play Auburn, that's where it starts, is a line of scrimmage and physicality. And uh, if you can't run the ball and you somebody else can run the ball, it, it makes it easier to be successful. And I was really proud of Stetson and the way he handled things, uh, very composed. And he probably had some balls he wished he could have back. Uh, but he'll only get better, I hope, from here. And uh, he gives us uh, some continuity. And we'll continue to develop the other guys as well. Okay, first of all, give Georgia credit. Um, a very good football team that won the line of scrimmage. Um, they, you know, we, were, we really got whipped on all three phases. We got out coached. Um, you know, you look at first downs, uh, they averaged seven yards. I think we had two third downs. Once again, I mean, we just we had trouble getting off the field. And, you know, the big stat to me, you know, rushing yards, we only rushed for 39 yards. And, you know, and then we got in a situation, got behind and had to throw it a lot and had trouble protecting. Uh, but give them credit. Um, you know, our guys competed in the second half, but uh, we didn't get it done. All right. Well, let's get to uh, chatting about the game, the awesome Georgia crushing of Auburn. I don't. I speak for every Georgia fan saying that was shocking in the second quarter when you look on there and it's twenty-four to nothing. I just was like, "Wow, that was not at all what I expected." But I'll take it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, put me in the minority. I I didn't expect them to score a touchdown. Really? Um, yeah, I, I just have tremendous faith in our defense. Now, I didn't realize I didn't think we'd move the ball that way. That 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 surprised me. Obviously, I was pleased, but they don't have a proving running back. Their offensive line was all new, mm-hmm. and our defense is tough. Very tough. I, I guess I underappreciated our defense. They are really good. Somebody made a good point on the group chat that there was one ball we got beat deep on. I think it was Schwartz and Auburn. And maybe Shannon or Wes said, if that's Bama, that's a touchdown. That, mm-hmm. that was a good point. Yep, that's true. But, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. Just kind of an easy breezy we barely even did anything in the second half as it run down the clock. I do love beating Auburn. That really is a nice day. That is a good day. I thought the best microcosm was that linebacker 33 that they kept showing. And just every time you saw him, he was hurt a little bit more, and his jersey was a little bit dirtier, and he had a little bit more blood on his face. It was just like, this is that's a perfect um, thing how this game's going. Yeah. And he kept coming back in and playing some more, and then they'd cart him off again. The play that stood out to me, too, that summarized that well was when we had Nick's pressured, and he's running around, and he kind of threw it about two feet yeah. into the ground, and they were saying, well, was that a – you know, what was that? I was like, man, that's kind of how the night's gone for him. Yep. That was a win for Auburn, actually, that play. That was a good one. <laughs> that reminded me of that old – Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. It's basically, yes, you shoot a pioneer woman in the back with a bunch of arrows, and as she's falling to the ground, she shoots her gun into the dirt. It's like the best thing you can do for an Indian or something like that. <laughs> anyway, it's good stuff. And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. I bet for an Indian... Shooting an old fat pioneer woman in the back with an arrow, and she fires her shotgun into the ground as she falls over, is like the top thing you can do. That was kind of like Auburn. The best thing they could do is get crushed into the ground, but shovel it off left-handed so that it wasn't intentional grounding. It really was, and that Aziz Ojolari was either applying pressure, and later they, they actually called it a couple times, but... He was getting held every play that he wasn't applying pressure on. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of holding penalties that they did not call. The one where we got the interception, that was a blatant hold. I was like, it's holding. And I was like, oh, never mind. We picked it off. Play clock winding down. They just get the playoff. Knicks steps up looking for some magic flags. Down, and it's intercepted. He threw it into coverage. Mark Webb has got it. And the dogs with their initial takeaway stuff out another Auburn drive. No, Aziz is looking really good. Yeah. So is uh, Dean. He looks like super fast. Yeah. The Kobe Dean. Adam Anderson was getting pressure every time, but he'd come flying in there and Nick's would just like yep. step aside. And-, and that running back they had was freaking good. Clayton Bigsby. going to be a a thorn in our side for a couple of years. He's a true freshman. Wow. He was tough to tackle. What did you say we recruited him, Wes? Yeah, we wanted him really bad. And the story on the internet is that um 
he wanted to commit and we were like, why don't you just hold off for just for a little bit? Cause we were after this kid named um, Zach Evans, who was top 10 talent in the country. See the guy that screwed us over. Kind of crazy, crazy kid. Anyway, he committed to us and then had some personal problems. And then by that time we couldn't come back and get Bigsby again. Mm. That's the guy that committed and then decommitted the same day. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, good choice. Let's say we chose poorly on that one. Then he committed to Tennessee, and then he committed to Florida, and then he wound up at TCU. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we were watching TCU yesterday. Tucker said he's like fourth or fifth on the depth chart, so things aren't working out so well for him. No. If you're fourth or fifth on the depth chart for TCU, something's not going right. Yeah. He sounds like a world-class douche to me. (laughs) But I would like to have – I'd like to have that Bigsby guy. Although all the freshmen we trotted out there were looked pretty good too. Yeah. Milton looked good and who was the last guy they had, number thirty two or something? Edwards. Yes. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good too. Milton did look good. I kinda wanted to see him earlier in the game than they played him, but then again I didn't think uh Kenny didn't really get a, enough touches for my liking either. So Yeah. I'm a I was very happy, but there were little things like that that I would have wished to more offensive touches. You know, Georgia's going to Georgia, and the Georgia way is get a lead and then just milk every play, limit the number of plays. It's not what everybody else is doing, but most of the time it's effective. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, it seemed like he kind of took his foot off the gas in the second half. Yeah, he was definitely just milking the clock. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, And maybe he watches Falcons games and says, hey, maybe we should just run and win the game. So, yeah, as long as we're nitpicking, I'll bring up our favorite player. (laughs) I mean, how does that guy get on the field? I can't explain it. He didn't even try to catch that ball. He's just running. Mm -hmm. And Well, that was always our complaint about Chick Boo was because he would just run – and not even look back at the quarterback. He was just running. He was out getting his exercise and making sure he got his steps in. But, <laughs> you know, Flanders is actually looking back at the quarterback and seeing the ball in the air and just going, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and before that, it was like, I see that. This is, oh, this is what a perfect throw looks like. I think I'll slow down a little bit. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I didn't slow down enough. I still have a chance to catch it. And then it was, nah. Nah. I might draw. I don't know what's going through that dude's head, but that play alone, if I were a coach, I would be like, nope, you're done. Yeah. At least you saw Kirby on the sideline. He looked very, very upset, like every Georgia fan was at the time. But I don't know. That just baffles me. I mean, you know that kid has tried hard. I mean, you can't just be a Division One college football player without putting some time and effort. He's He can't be lazy, right? Mm. No, you can't be lazy and be on our team, I don't think. No. You know Kirby doesn't put up with that. That's what I was saying. He's just got to be the best practice player that has ever existed. Like every Monday through Friday, he just shines. He's on whatever bulletin boards they have inside the, the uh, indoor practice facility. Monday through Friday. Yeah. Once he steps in between the hedges, he is useless. 
got to be stage fright or something. There's something going on there. Mm-hmm. But if I had been Kyrus Jackson or George Pickens, I'd have been pissed. I'd have been like, there's there's an opportunity that one of us wanted. One of us wanted to go make a play, but yeah. maybe I'm making too much of it. But yeah, Kyrus Jackson, speaking of him, he just looked like the fastest guy on the field. <laughs> he looked awesome. Yeah, he did. And with uh, it seemed to carry himself kind of like a like a leader, like a senior. Mm-hmm. Just seemed to have that aura about him that we we need some leadership in the receiving core, and, I, and I'm going to step up and and do it. Sweet. I was reading something about our Monk and how he called a good game plan and got guys open. And I was like, yeah, you could really tell the difference. Just we had guys open. <laughs> We're not used to seeing that. Runs up the middle, we're gaining yards. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> something's different. And that's kind of what Kirby said in his post post game thing was like, "Hey, we could run the ball. When you can run the ball, it makes throwing a whole lot easier." We didn't do anything different than we did for Arkansas. I mean, we we practiced on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We prepared. We went through our normal routine. Uh, I think they had one more game under their belt. That probably helped. Uh, we executed at a higher level. Um, which we didn't do against Arkansas, um, but they, we, we, we didn't do anything else. It was not like a magic speech or a, a motivational uh, everybody. I mean, it wasn't there. We, we, the men in that room trust the men in that room, and they trust the coaches, and they listen to us. And we told them last week, it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems. But everybody now wants to make it really bad last week and really good now. And guess what? Is probably somewhere in the middle. Which, yeah, I guess that makes it true. Even Cook ran it well. Yeah. yeah. I still don't know why they give him the ball on 31 dive, though. He seems like a guy that would that you should run a toss sweep or a little um, screen pass to. But. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Zamir doesn't even look – I mean, he looked fine last year, but he does not look like the same back. He really looks so much more confident and – just running super hard. It was like, oh, we only got two there. Oh, wait, he's still going, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. he could get five or six. He, he he fell down for four yards last night. It was awesome. And that was with like three or four Auburn guys hanging on to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems a lot more shifty than he was last year. He just kind of seemed to burrow ahead. And you could definitely see the power, but I didn't see like the moves and stuff. But he's gotten a little more jump cutty, and he looks like the real deal. Because he, when he was running, he was bowling people over, and he looked good. If you gave it to him 25 times a game, I guarantee he'd have some huge stats, but that's not really what we do. Well, I don't know. They were terrible last week, so something must have just happened. I mean, the Wizard of Oz came and saw them and gave them all courage and ability, and they, they played better. They were the same guys, guys. I mean, they, 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 it's not any different. Uh, I, tr- I attribute it to the fact that we didn't have a ton of penalties, although we had too many. And uh, we didn't turn the ball over. It's not rocket science. I thought yesterday was a perfect microcosm. Also, we had a lot of microcosms today, but good microcosm for the COVID because the you know the night game against Auburn, college game days in Athens, and we all watched the game from our own living rooms. <laughs> we didn't even get together and watch it. So <laughs> it was uh it was kind of weird. I didn't even watch game day this morning. So. I was out in the yard doing stupid stuff. I didn't watch any of it either. It's crazy to have a night Auburn game and not any of us. Oh, well, I didn't get drunk. Did anybody else get drunk? No. That's just sad. 
<laughs> That's just sad. Doesn't feel right. I know. Maybe Steve did. He wasn't on the call. Maybe he's hungover. I think my only apprehension is still a quarterback situation. And I'm pulling for Bennett. And I think it's awesome. And I saw his press conference at the end where he was answering questions at the end. I was like, man, this kid's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and even with all the guys that were coming in this year, you know, a lot of people just kind of forgot about you. Um, did you did you really see that this could ever happen, something like this? I mean, I don't know. It's not really my job to worry about that. Um, you know, I mean, if you think of things in that broad or if you, you think about, you know, I was starting first game, game day, top ten matchup, then, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, my goodness. But, no, I just I, I just go out every day and just play football. He he did so well with the question. But, um, but I'm still like, is this the guy? Is this our guy? Like, I, it seems like we should have another guy, right? Like a five-star, <laughs> four-star guy. Mm-hmm. This dude, if he's 5'11", I must be 6'3". There is no <laughs> way he's 5'11". Yeah. And, and yet, and yet there, I cannot point to you and say, you know, and tell you what, he, why I don't miss. He did have an underthrow on the really deep ball. That should have been a touchdown, but we still completed it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I have this nagging feeling, maybe it's left over from last year that we're going to have to score more points. But I mean, I love his poise. He just looks so comfortable. I mean, he just looks like he's just having a, you know, normal practice day, just like a Monday to him out there, which I think is awesome. But it's probably because he's got that offensive line. You know, he played at Juco for a year. He was probably running around for his life. He looks up there at those, you know, 6'8", 250 in front, or 350 in front of him. He's like, this is a piece of cake right here. We started running the ball really well, and, and we, were, we were pushing and shoving on Auburn's D-line. When it, when it came time to throw, they were tired, and, and they gave me so much time. That, that deep ball to Kiaris, um, I should have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier, but, I mean, I don't know. They just gave me so much time. I was back there just hanging out, I guess. But the way those guys work and, and just the communication and, and how they just move as one unit is, is awesome, and I'm proud to be back there behind them. So, I don't know. I, I like his poise, and it's kind of like you said – and he's also said it. He goes, I know Georgia fans don't want me to be the quarterback. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, to me, that just is a complete self-awareness, which is great. Um, and I'm kind of hoping it's like, you know, I, he's got to start this week, and I think you got to start him for Bama game just because he's he's the guy. He's been the guy, you know, for the beginning of the season. Hmm. And I'm just hoping, you know, Tommy, kind of how you said on one of our, our texts was that, you know, uh, Newman didn't opt out because of Stetson Bennett, right? We know there's more talent there that made that guy sit out for the year knowing that he wasn't going to start. You know, we, we hope it's JT Daniels. I'm kind of hoping for like a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes type situation where, you know, they're they're waiting in the wings and they, you know, in practice every day, they're just making these throws that you're just like, holy cow, that guy's incredible. Let him wait in the wings, and then if we have a couple of blowout wins, he can come in in the second half and get some get some time in, and then kind of show himself to be clearly better. If you're thinking long term, you know Stetson Bennett's not going to beat Clemson quarterback head to head. Trevor Lawrence versus Stetson Bennett is not really a fair fight, I don't think. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> Carrie, you know my friend Ron, his daughter lives next door to Bennett. Hmm. And in Athens? They were he was like, Yeah, I'm on the team. And they were hanging out and they were like, people were looking at him and they were going, No, you're not. You're putting us on. <laughs> He's like, no, I play quarterback, and nobody, nobody believed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, really, I start for Georgia. <laughs> hey, Stetson, I was uh, curious: is, has Kirby kind of led you to believe that it's your job to lose now, or is it more of like a a game to game basis about you starting? Like, are you seen as the starting quarterback from this moment going forward? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have the you know conversation like that. Um, but I mean, yeah. If you don't produce, you don't play. So, it's just how it goes. Hey, he's good by me. And you know, we kind of talked about it last week a little bit. You know, when when Jake Fromm came in as a true freshman and led us to a Rose Bowl win and an overtime loss in the national championship game, I would say Stetson Bennett's a better quarterback than Jake Fromm was as a freshman. From just from an escapability standpoint, he and it's it's not like when Fields was a freshman where he would sense pressure, boom, take off. Bennett is waits, 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 and he seems to wait just long enough, and then he takes off running. Mm-hmm. And then he he his accuracy in the intermediate passing game, I, I was telling Tucker, I said, I mean, I, I have no complaints about this kid's accuracy. And, and by that, I mean, you know, eight to 18 yards in that, in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, we really have, he really hasn't thrown it deeper than that. And I already talked about that one deep ball, but, um, super accurate his mechanics. I, you know, I don't know enough about football to tell you that, but I can look at video and say his mechanics aren't correct. Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of stands straight up and throws it, Yeah, but he's definitely results, a slinger. They're right. But I mean, the result is, it's just hard to argue with him. He's good by me. what y'all think of Mathis when he got out there? Who? <laughs> Dude looks I, completely I told lost. my family, I was like, he looks bored. He he does not look <laughs> excited to be in there. And everything really grind, grinded to a halt when he came in, too. I mean, you want to cheer for him. You want to like him. Yes. Yes, you and do. <laughs> I like him great as a person. Mm-hmm. And maybe he can, you know, hold those signs up with the plays on them. He's really tall, so nobody will be able to block his view. He'll be able to hold him really high. <laughs> I think he's found his new calling. I'm against sport. Don't you be mean to me. When you got to Georgia, what were your goals? Uh, which time? <laughs> <laughs> Both times. <laughs> um, well, yeah, my goal is always to start here. Um, that's why I came here in the first place instead of taking a, a smaller offer um, where I probably could have started earlier. But, um, yeah, I mean, come here to play football and, and hopefully win an SEC championship and a national championship for uh, Georgia Bulldogs. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, all the no friends of mine say, we can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world, even though you're one far behind. And we can dance.